to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And today we're invited by Warner Brothers themselves, the actual brothers, uh, to a private screening of Geostorm. Yes, it's happening. The storm is here. <laughs> Obviously, we complained last week that our screener got lost in the mail, but yes. we received instructions we that uh, to get our screener, all we'd have to do is go to the uh, Ritz Cinema in Randwick. Mm-hmm. If we go to the counter there and uh, just tell them our names, yep. uh, exchange uh, $16 for these white pieces of paper, yeah. uh, walked into this um, private room they'd set up for us. A few other people sort of came in, but uh, then... Um, I'm assuming they were also executives. Exa- also yeah. executives, and then they uh, they broadcast the movie for us right up there it on was, the screen. It was great. Um, uh, you know, props to Warner Brothers for doing that. I oh, know, exactly. They didn't have to. And again, we are we are small fish in a, in a very big pond, mm. uh, trying to obviously reverse that to be big fish in the small pond. That's right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we are making waves. That's right. We are indeed. Now, before we get on with uh, today's episode, um, we're going to do what we always do, and that's catch up with how our film went last week. Now, our film last week was, of course, K-N-I-G, H-T-S. Isaac, yeah, tell uh, me. I mean... Tell me, how many millions do we rack uh, in? I mean... These, I mean, there's future forecasting, right? So yep. we haven't actually had a release yet. Uh, it okay. is still in the workshop. And I say workshop very deliberately okay. because Movie Film Studios Workshop, which yeah. was the um, splinter uh, company that we formed last with, week with for the production costs. Tim Benson. Yep. With Tim Benson, uh, head there. Um, they've gone on strike. You're kidding me. Yeah, so they're trying to form a bit of a, a, a Pixar deal, which obviously was like a splinter faction of ILM originally and yeah. then got bought out by, by Disney. Yep. They've splintered from us yeah. and then are trying to get bought out by us because oh, yeah. obviously we've uh, invested quite a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, it's a legal nightmare. We've brought in some replacements. Yep. I mean, obviously they're be- being called uh, scabs at the picket line by the existing uh, MF workshop uh, sure. uh, people. They're, they're just kids party entertainment face painters we obviously needed the um the robotic heads that we're going to do for the arctic fox and the the snow rabbit yep uh obviously can't afford that didn't uh, can't afford to bring in the skilled labor so okay just just face painting at the moment it actually looks pretty good it does like i mean again that's okay uh, john boyega with a white arctic fo- fox face paint may look <laughs> controversial um i assure you that it's it's nothing um i, I don't look i think it'll all come out in the print I think it'll all be, once we get it on celluloid and it's on the screen, people will be fine with it. I think the the makeup will be perfect. Yeah. So I commend you actually for finding a solution to this problem. I mean, it's it's a shame that our workshop has... has gone down this road. I'm I'm, I'm feeling a bit uh, betrayed, to be perfectly honest. I put a lot of faith into Tim Benson as a a puppeteer, as a creator. Uh, But, you know, that's for the courts to settle. Yeah, That's I mean, fine. again, you know, uh, obviously our legal department is rapidly expanding to be the largest department here at uh, Movie Film Studios, yeah. and we're working on contract negotiation, yeah. trying to, I don't want to say cut off the head of the snake, and no, no. no spoilers no. there as to whether Mr. Benson there will or will not have a job in the, yeah. the near future, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you that we will uh, forcibly reacquire movie, uh, movie film workshops, yep. uh, MF workshops, and they will be back with us. And uh, and they will be heavily involved in in getting future productions out uh, out on the screen. That's fantastic. I'm very happy to hear that. All right, let's move on with our first segment, which is this week in trailers. Now, this week we actually had the pleasure of watching trailers in a legitimate cinema. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we walked in. We assumed that a lot of the work would be done for us. Obviously, normally mm-hmm. we have to scour the internet for the, the mm. latest releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of assumed that, you know, we talk about two trailers at the start of the film. Mm-hmm. We'd have three or four uh, trailers to choose from, pick the best two, mm-hmm. and go from there. Um, didn't really work out that way. No, they only played one trailer. They, they played a whole bunch of ads and then a single trailer. Ads, yeah. So, But let's discuss that single trailer, and then we'll discuss another trailer after yeah, that. Yeah, sure. The, the one that we actually had to do the work to find, <laughs> so... Right. Uh, so the first film, well, the only film that we saw at the screening today was the upcoming Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, obviously based on the the classic Agatha Christie, 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 yes. Christie uh, murder mystery novel, uh, starring the famous Belgian detective Hercule Poirot. I have read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm, I'm actually currently going through the Hercule Poirot mm. back catalogue. I'm about tw- okay. twenty four of his books in Jeez. of fifty or so. I can't tell you how Prolific where the rabbit hole much. ends. Is there any way that we can uh, hire Agatha Christie for our own purposes? 
considering we do have time traveling technology now. We do, yeah. I'm, um, I'm fairly certain she's no longer with us, but she ha- she's not. No, but someone with that much creative output really should be put to better uses. Yeah, I mean, they don't make authors quite like they used to. You look at um, Enid Blyton yep. was like writing like four or five famous five yeah. secret seven books yeah, a you're year. Right. Like, and uh, Agatha Christie's just churning out yeah. all of her Hercule Poirots, her Miss Marples, yeah. a few uh, stage plays. Uh, but And now you sort of look at, you know, your George R.R. R. Martins and your Patrick J- Rothfusses and J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least J.K. Rowling's still putting out books under a different yeah, name. Sporadically, though. Yeah, I know, but it's not like 10 years between, uh, between novels yeah. like it is for some of those fantasy authors. And True. to be fair, those books are like 10 books long. Yeah. But, I think, yeah, everyone's... Tolkien as well, he's exactly. not doing much. He's, like, no one really puts... I mean, the, the person who's top of the chain is obviously our Stephen V. King. Yes. Um, who is putting out, I think, three books a day at the moment <laughs> since he's been in our employ. Yep. Um, and... Uh, is he still in the building? Yeah, he... Uh, I may have locked him in the room with a, <laughs> with a typewriter, and he's just like, typewriters are such antiquated technology. I'm like, mm. quiet, you! <laughs> Sing, uh, single spotlight. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so Movie Film Studios is comprised of exactly three departments. There's us, uh, the two studio executives. Yep. There's our crack team of lawyers, and that's probably, what, 50 to 60 strong? I think, moment? I mean, we've got a recruitment uh, orientation today. I think there's a 12 new uh, legal interns <laughs> coming through as well. So it's it's rapidly expanding. Yeah, and a, and a writer's room, which is just Stephen V. King yep. in a room with exactly. a spotlight <laughs> on a top. On a you, you say writer's room, there's only one person in there. <laughs> just one room. Uh, right? Soon one to person. be four departments as soon as we reacquire and Movie Film movie Workshop. Film workshop yeah. But uh, at the moment, you're right. It's a, it's a house divided at the moment. But, but yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this trailer. So it stars a, an incredible cast. Like everyone is in it. Uh, so we've got Johnny Depp, we've got Judy Dench, we've got uh, Ridley Daisy, uh, Ridley Daisy, we've got Josh Gad, Josh Josh is he? Josh Gad, is yeah, he there? Okay. The, um, from Book of Mormon and Frozen and a variety of other things. And uh, what's his face? Um, that English guy that uh, played um, a Hogwarts. Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, what's his name? He's a oh my gosh, he's a director as well. He is too, and he's done a lot of stuff. He does a lot of Shakespeare. You know anyway, him. You know him. He's, in doing fact, a, he's doing an awful, awful French Belgium. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's a running gag in um, in a lot of the Poirot books where all the English people are it's like, oh, you know, you'd know back in France. He's like, I am not French, I am Belgian, and it's like, <laughs> so uh, I guess I don't know the difference between the two accents, but there is obviously. Uh, um, a thing there where everyone thinks that he's French. He's actually Belgian, so you can't accuse him of doing a bad French accent because mm. maybe Belgian sounds like a bad French accent. No <laughs> one knows. That's the point. This is true. There's no way to find out at all. Um, and it looks, uh, I mean, in terms of the film, it looks interesting. Uh, I've actually never read uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I have no idea what it's about. I'm assuming it's about some kind of murder on something called the Orient Express, yeah. which oh, seems to be a train. It does. It looks very much like a train in the in the trailer. Yes. Um, and it looks hev- very nicely stylized, actually. It's a very nice-looking film. Um, Johnny Depp's playing yet another character where he doesn't use his real accent as well. Uh, he's got a very... It's, it's like a Brooklyn, New Jersey style Yeah, he's, accent, he's a mobster, yeah. I believe, is the character. Um, and then you have your... Judy Dench's and Michelle Pfeiffer's and oh that's right yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. it is a really a star-studded cast and and Hercule Poirot being played by the guy whose name we can't remember <laughs> I want to say Richard Attenborough but it's like completely not but it's something hundred percent not it, no no but it's something as equally British sounding <laughs> it's like Richard something classic in um, English and then Attenborough yeah and it's got that sort of bra he, sound on it he directed one of the Thor films as well like it's not a unfamous person Kenneth Branagh Kenneth Branagh. There you go. I told you it had the Adam Bra yeah. sort of Branagh sort yeah, of sound right. to it. Yeah. You are right. I am right. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, check it out in cinemas whenever it comes out. I can't remember when. Yeah. Um. Look, L- I, I I feel as though I don't know if they're going to try and franchise this film. Obviously, there's a a massive massive amount of of Poirot mysteries to um to go, and whether Kenneth Branagh continues to play that role in Death on the Nile and. Lord Edgeware dies and Dumb Witness and oh wow yeah okay. there's 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 hundreds and hundreds of them and some of them are very very good um, it's, it's that kind of, I thought it'd be Murder on the Orient Express too yeah I mean that's probably this how time the train did it <laughs> this time the train did it um, yeah who knows uh, it could be good it could be bad obviously David Suchet has been playing Poirot in um, sort of television movies yeah. for thirty years or something along that's, those lines yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's also a very famous 
uh, I think Death on the Nile uh, from back in the 70s as well. So there's been a couple of iterations of this. Mm. So, but This is one of the first ones I've seen in a, in a very long time that is meant to be more than just a TV movie like it is. Yeah. They've spent some money on this one, I think. Um, but anyway, let's move on to our second trailer that we watched, that we researched. And now, this this is very much more oh, in, is, in speed with the movie film studios mentality. This is our MO on page. Like, someone has just clearly snuck into our office and just taken exactly. one of our spec scripts. <laughs> um, it's called 24 Hours to Live. And it stars Ethan Hawke. It stars Hawk. Ethan Hawke as a hitman of some yeah, kind. Yeah, I think it's probably ex-CIA or ex-secret ex, yeah. agent. Uh, he's been burned by the um, organization he's worked mm-hmm. for. They've taken his wife. They've taken his, child, his child, child. They've yep. killed him and they've brought him back to life or something yeah. like that. Uh, the basic premise of the film is they've implanted a stopwatch on the inside of his wrist, yeah. which counts down from 24 hours, hence the title 24 Hours to Live. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if you don't do what we tell you, mm. then you're going to die when that counter reaches zero. Yeah. And I imagine... He can buy more time by completing their tasks or something like that, but he's not having any of it, and he's turning on his captors, and it's um, very, very action-heavy, very... I think even in the trailer, uh, from the executive producers of John Wick. Yes. So it kind of feels like that very action shoot-em-up, and again, they've probably got one of the guys who was just sort of driving past the studio uh, where they're filming John Wick. It's like, oh... They film John Wick there, executive yeah. producer of John Wick. Um, so yeah, that's now I haven't seen John Wick yet, and I actually do want to watch it because, as I recall, it's something that very slightly subverts the whole action uh, genre as well. It's sort of a little bit more. It sort of isn't. It's very self-aware of what it's trying to do. Yeah. So um, in a, in a way, I think it got compared quite a lot to the video game style of shoot 'em ups. Yeah. Where. It's an impossible number of bad guys. It's mm. one guy who is just super good at what he does. Yeah, and he's out for... Um, he's trying to find his dog, I believe, is the whole point of John Wick. No, I mean, the the, the plot of John Wick is that uh, his wife buys this present for him, yeah. and then she dies, and oh. then it turns out the present is a dog, uh, and so he's okay. got this bond with the dog, yeah. and then people come in to kill him, mm. and they kill the dog, and he's just like... You killed my dog, oh, so it's re- and, and like yeah. the dog is the catalyst for him going back into this life of that's, killing that's great. people. That's such a weird idea. It's such an odd thing to have as a catalyst for his action. Whereas in this, it's kind of like, yeah, we've implanted this device in your wrist, and you will die once that time has run out. It's kind of like, well, what else am I going to do? There was that Justin Timberlake movie from a few years. That's back. what I was thinking too. Yeah, in time or something yeah, along yeah, those yeah. lines, and um, which that, was more of a sci-fi. It was, but thing. They're very similar it's aesthetic very similar. to yeah. a, a countdown watch on your wrist. Mm. Um, obviously, I think their time was the currency, and they they'd conquered the ability for people for people to age. Mm. So long as you had enough time left, yeah. And the poor people were working twenty four hours a day just to get ten hours of time left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the rich had as much time as they wanted. Were essentially immortal. So yeah, I also got a slight hints of a film called Predestination, which is an Australian film. Oh yeah, and it also had Ethan Hawke, also right? starring Ethan Hawke as well, um, which is um, again much more of a sci fi time traveling concept. Um, but. Uh, there's, yeah, there's shades of it in there. I don't know if it's just because Ethan Hawke is it in is it. It is just That's, because. Okay, I mean, that, yeah. they, the same brothers who did Predestination did that vampire one with Ethan Hawke they, as well, right? Yeah, so. he's in a lot of their films. Yeah. Uh, Daybreakers is that one. Yeah. Um, the Spearig brothers. Why do I know that? I, and I, not I, got, I also Branagh. got sort of shades of, of, of White Fang. I may just be thinking of Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was also that... Oh, I, I also was thinking of... Um, I got Shades of the Purge as well. Yeah, and, and Gattaca. And Gattaca, yeah. And before yeah. Sunset and After Sunrise and Until Midnight <laughs> and all of those Linkletter films yeah, that he's in. and Boyhood. Boy, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just, that, just, I, don't, I have no idea why. It just I, felt like there was something there that connected all these films together yeah, and knows. it was that. Um, but that's enough of that. Let's discuss our, our main event. Feature film. The feature film. Dim the lights. Oh, they're dimmed. Have the curtains widen out they're, so it's in uh, Cinemascope. Oh, they're so wide. And sit back. And relax. Press play on Geostorm. Man. Man. Let's... <laughs> let's I, go back to when we watched the trailer, right? Okay, so the the trailer, and I, I don't remember what we discussed, discussed about the trailer. Yeah. I feel as though we say that the trailer's confused as to what it wants to be. Mm. It it um wants to be a 
rescue the president. It yep. wants to be a Roland Emmerich disaster film. Yep. It doesn't. In one stage, it uses like a, a Vietnam era yep. um, war soundtrack yep. with those sort of rock bands of the the seventies, yeah. and then in another trailer, uh, uh, it's all super serious, but they're the same shots. Yeah, but they also want it to be. They also wanted to inject a bit of gravity in there. Um, and maybe a bit of Interstellar as well in terms of all the space sequences. Uh, so it's really like the the trailer was a hodgepodge of, you know, 50 different films. So, but if if the trailer didn't know what it wanted to be, <laughs> Geostorm does. Oh, Geostorm so does. knows exactly what it wants to be and it hits those marks with supreme uh, accuracy. Mm. I think I had a smile on my face <laughs> the entire way through this film. Oh, yeah. Because... It is so stupid. Yeah. It is so over the top. Oh, yeah. It is so cliched. Yeah. But it hits those marks mm-hmm. with a plomb and it's phenomenal. Yep. And you're sort of like, there's there's moments where like they pull over and they open their boot and there's like a <laughs> rocket launcher uh, just sitting in the boot for uh, no reason. Let, and I just, I'm like, applaud you movie, uh, movie sure. studio who made this yep. for knowing that they can do that and no one cares. No like, one cares. There's... Like I'm- oh, the plot is bonkers, but I mean, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here because there's a lot to decompress and to unpack here. Um, we need to do what we do every week with the films that we watch, and let's do our two-minute recap. All right, I believe it's my turn. It this is week. your turn, Isaac. Now you are much better at this than I am because I tend to forget things very, very quickly. Bits and pieces, yeah. Um, but All this right, film just- was cohesive in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, two minutes on the clock. Your time starts. Now. All right, so we open with like a montage of weather events with a child's voice voicing over that in 2019 extreme mm-hmm. uh, weather events started happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mixture of like stock footage shots of glaciers melting with a couple of special effect shots of mm-hmm. rivers uh, flooding, and it looks kind of like newsreel, YouTube clip kind of mm-hmm. uh, stock footage montage. We learn that her father built a thing they call Dutch Boy, which is a, a weather grid. It's mm-hmm. like a, a great big network of satellites that surrounds the Earth that uses. Um, microwaves and sonic waves and bombs of water to influence the weather to stop these catastrophic weather events that have been killing tens of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So it's near future. I think the weather events were in 2019, I think they say, and then um, they built this, the the world came together to build this thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Jared Butler comes in and he's just like, "Uh, I'm doing what I can to save people and I'm not Mm -hmm. playing by the rules. And the senators, curmudgeonly old senators, like, you have to play by the rules. And he's like, I don't want to, you're fired. Yeah, he was like the team leader that uh, built. Not not just the team leader, I think he's the genius who came up with a lot of the technology as well. We we actually jump forward three years Mm -hmm. to where... Yeah, um, so he gets fired. He does get fired by his own brother, played by... 21 actor, 21 man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what his name is. I know his name. It's uh, Jim Sturgis. Jim Sturgis. Discount Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah. I got... Who... <laughs> yeah, that's right. From from Heroes. From Heroes, yeah. And uh, Gilmore Girls. Um, he is... No, he's not even... Disc- he's he's the British version of Milo Exactly. So, so we actually have two British guys playing two American guys. Yeah. And I turned to AJ. I'm like, they're both British, right? And it's like, yes. And then like halfway through the film, they admit that yeah, both of those characters reason, were even born in the UK. They were born in the UK. Anyway, got to get back to the story. Back to the so, story. Um, Three years later. 21 is uh, like, he's the political guy, has mm. to fire his own brother, causes a rift in their relationship. Flash forward, the system's malfunctioning. It's freezing people in... Um, Afghanistan, it's boiling people in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they send up Gerard Butler to find what the problem is. Uh, a lot of the central core of this film is the relationship between the two brothers. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a fractured relationship because um, 21 works for the government mm-hmm. and he works very closely with um, uh, government departments liaising and he's a very like a, a yeah, he's political in, schmoozy kind of he's guy. He's kind of in charge of the whole kit and caboodle from this point onwards, I guess. Yeah, the- and, then, um, and then Gerard Butler is... Scientist, build it yourself, very hands-on, yeah, you know. um, and he's a bit of a, a rule breaker. Protocols don't mean anything yeah. to him. And so yeah. you have this tension there, and obviously, um, over the course of the film, mm-hmm. they repair their relationship. But uh, what's happening is there's a virus inside the the I want to call it the Geostorm. That's not what Geostorm is. <laughs> inside it, Dutch, Dutch Boy, Boy, the the computer system. Someone's put it there and, and is trying to control weather events to form a chain reaction to yeah. make a Geostorm. Yes. This is where we get the name of the, of the film. Yeah, and um. There's clandestine 
people within the government and on the spaceship and you don't know who they are and mm. um it's malfunction malfunctioning and sucking people out of airlocks who are too close to the truth and yes. um there's a, a the guy in hong kong who's figured it all out mm. goes to try and tell 21 and some guy pushes him in front of a car yep. and so there's this cover-up conspiracy yeah, to yeah. kill the president and then only the only way to remove the virus which is trying to create this geostorm is to um reset the whole system essentially roll back the drivers on the giant network yep. and the only person who can do that is the president because mm-hmm. he has the codes oh no wait he is the codes <laughs> only his biometric fingerprints and yes. retina scans can turn it off Indeed. so so they have to um convince the president and president, capture him and president then andy garcia andy garcia mm-hmm. and and reset the system before before the world before explodes. the geostorm happens. um which then they do and they do and, and they all lived happily ever after yeah so um I, good. I came into this film expecting it to be a day after tomorrow, lots and lots of weather effects, mm. um, buildings crashing, waves toppling, yep. people freezing, people boiling, yep. because that's the, they're the special effects shots they, they whacked in the trailer. Yep. And they are in the film. It's really the, like the back quarter of the film that yeah, that shows yeah. up. It, it's they saved up all their pennies for the big VFX shots towards the sort of back end of the film, and then they unleashed it all at once. <laughs> There's probably fifty million dollars worth of VFX shots exactly just running in that what uh, let's say fifteen twenty minutes of yeah. the film <laughs> towards the end. The first three quarters of the film is like a Tom Clancy political thriller with um not a good one by the not, way not a good one oh, they did not get tom clancy <laughs> they got his younger brother tim bomb tancy but yeah no tim tim clancy came in and uh and he's just like my older brother can do this <laughs> i can do this too yep. he cracks out the typewriter and tom's just like actually um, did tom clancy die i don't want to i think he I may think have he did, passed yeah. away uh yeah he cracks out uh tom clancy's old typewriter from, from back in the 80s yep. before before pcs were invented <laughs> sits down next to st- his good friend stephen viking yeah and 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 churns out these political things um I didn't look. I really didn't dislike the um, uh, the way in which they took the story. There's mm. there's plot points where you're like, oh yeah, I can sort of see where this is going, yeah. and this has to happen so that that can happen. And they uh, set up like relationship stuff that you know they're going to resolve. Yeah. Having said that, and again, I know we say this every time. Massive, massive spoilers. We're going to talk about there's there's twists in this which we're going to talk about. Like the bad guy, it's not going to be any surprise because the first time yep. that Ed Harris shows up on screen, <laughs> I went, he did it. Yeah, <laughs> he's the bad guy, and like one hundred percent. And it, and it is literally the first shot, first five minutes of the film actually. After the uh, the opening sequence where we've got the voiceover and the stock footage, um, and after the Senate hearing, we see Ed Harris and Isaac turns to me in the cinema and goes, he's the bad guy, and I'm like, how what? How do you know that? And the, all credit to him. He was totally right. He was absolutely correct. And it's not like he went and spoiled the film prior. He didn't read a plot summary as far as I'm aware. I'm trusting you on this. No, absolutely um, not. And I was blown away by that fact. Um, but there's just no need for an actor of that quality to be sitting in that shot if he's not the bad guy. Yeah. Like, that's that's the problem with casting someone like Ed Harris as the bad guy and not giving him a role that suits his acting chops. Yeah. It's just like, I'm like, oh, okay. But we need, to, we need to discuss the lead up to that reveal that he is the bad guy. Uh, so, uh, 21 and Gerard Butler are sort of communicating with each other. So, Dred but- Gerard. Gerard Butler's up in space on the space station. 21's down on Earth and they're communicating via video com link or whatever. Uh, and they've they're revealed to each other that there is some kind of conspiracy going on here and that it goes all the way to the top. And Gerard Butler uh, immediately suspects the president. The president, President Andy Garcia is behind everything. Who he, else could have Who the, else could have the, the access? Only like a very few number of people who have uh, the access to the systems that can lock me out. Mm. And the president's one of it. Think of it. He's up for a re-election. So killing a billion people around the globe will definitely mean that he'll get re-elected. Yeah. That makes total sense. So uh, immediate, sense, immediately but- <laughs> everyone's on board that Andy Garcia has done it. Yeah. And it might be the slicked back oily hair. It might be the fact that I'm not sure he knows that he's in the film. There's there's a big sequence there, right? So where they're, they're trying to um, get him away. Yep. And uh, Abby Cornish, who plays 21's uh, Secret Service fiancé, yep. um, fires a gun in the air and says, there's a gunman, yep. and then tries to usher Andy Garcia into a getaway car. Yep. And he's just kind of like stumbling from like <laughs> scene to scene, kind of looking around going, yep. what am I doing? Where am I supposed to be going? Yeah, so yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, 
they they said to Andy Garcia, "Oh, we're making this film called Geostorm. Do you want to take a tour of the studio? <laughs> just just wear a really nice suit." And he shows up, and and uh, and he's sort of like. He's just sort of like going from scene to scene. Yeah, this is this is really nice. Yeah. And then like the film comes out, and he's like it's starring Andy Garcia, <laughs> and Andy Garcia had no idea he was in the so film. So he could t- potentially he has the same role that most executive producers have. Exactly, that, they yeah. were given a studio tour at some point, but they went further with Th- this it. This time just they cast th- him in. Th- the yeah, film. They, they did that Bowfinger thing where they filmed him without <laughs> his knowledge and cut him into the film. I really feel like because I mean Andy Garcia has an exclusive four year deal with us to be the president this in is, all yeah, of our films. Absolutely, with the obviously uh, the optional clause for a second term, a second yeah. four-year term. Um, I think that's probably how they got away with it. Because, yeah, I think so. Because otherwise, he, he's like not legally allowed to sign a contract to be a president in yeah. another film. I think he just confused Geostorm with one of our films. Yeah. I, I mean, that's exactly what's happened it is, it is so easy to do because this is such a movie film studio idea. It, 100% it is. is so um, self-aware <clears throat> that it's bad, it, yep. but also like in doing so it's good. And I, I talk a lot um, about expectations with mm. films and I think expectation is the the biggest reason for enjoying or not enjoying a film. Mm. I had very high expectations of Ghostbusters, which it did not meet. Yep. I had very low expectations of Geostorms, which yep. it did meet. I'm not saying that Geostorms is, Geostorm is a better film than Ghostbusters, it, uh, yeah. but I enjoyed it so much more because it set the benchmark for my expectations. So low. In a, yeah, so low and in a much more achievable way than yep. Ghostbusters ever could have. Yeah. I, to clarify, this film is is terrible. Uh, it's poorly acted for the most part. The script is insanely stupid at times. Yeah. And it hits every single cliche that you could possibly think of in terms of that Roland Emmerich-style disaster film. Uh, do you want big sweeping shots of tidal waves coming in and toppling buildings and people either looking at it with grim uh, a grim realisation that they're about to die? You got it. Do you want to see shots of tornadoes coming towards a crowd of people and people running away and then a cutaway shot to a child looking at a dog that they're trying to... Re- oh, it's there. Do you want it's to see there. explosions in space and people in spacesuits uh, oh, so about to head out into the uh, void of darkness but in last minute grabbing onto like yep. a satellite dish to yep. stop themselves? It's, it's, it's all it's there. So there. Oh, do you want to see someone um, in the space station where an, uh, an airlock explodes and then they freeze to death yeah, yeah. and then get blown out. And sucked out. Oh, it's, it's there. Do you want to... Yeah, it, it's, it is... Every single shot that you would expect in that film is in there. It's it's awful, but I enjoyed the heck out of it. it That's the thing. Like, so like I said, enjoyable. I had a smile on my face the entire time. Yeah. So I talked about the rocket launcher scene. Basically, what's happening is... Oh, so, hey, uh, we uh, should probably... just Sorry, before you go on, we should probably summarise what Ed Harris's plot is because this ties into that as well. I don't know. Well, I do know. So Ed Harris plays the Secretary of State. So his whole plan is he wants to get rid of not only the president, but anyone else that would potentially succeed him in the event that the president gets removed from office via some means, right? So if the president dies, uh, from what I know of US Constitution, if the president dies, it goes to the vice president. If the vice president dies, it goes to someone else. Um, So... Secretary of State um, Ed Harris's job or a plan is I need to get rid of the president and anyone else connected to him. And the only date that I know of where the president's schedule is set in stone is a um, a party rally uh, out in Florida where I know he will be speaking and where all the representatives of the Democratic Party will be there as well because he's up for re-election. So my plan is I'm going to take control of this... Um, geo-satellite weather system that uh, the US and the rest of the world has developed. I'm going to set off a bunch of storms in a bunch of places. One of them will hit Florida, where the president is speaking. That storm will wipe out everyone there. And as a result, I, Secretary of State Ed Harris, will become president of the US. That is his plan. That's, I mean, that's what they assume his plan is. And I kind of have a secret idea that it's not. Oh, really? Because I mean that doesn't make any sense. But that's his plan. That's- I mean that's that's what they say his plan is in the film. And granted, I think Ed Harris is like secretly I have a different plan, which we're not <laughs> going to explain in the film. Because really, what's the point of setting off a chain reaction if I only need just to like set off one weather event in Orlando? I, yeah. Like the rest of the geostorm thing doesn't make any sense. And like well, so, it's, and then it's like, like genocide, and they kind of touch on the fact that like we can wipe out all of America's enemies, and America will once again be where it was in the 1940s, a, a beacon, mm. a beacon of glimmering 
hope for the rest of the world. Instead of a bank. Instead of a bank that loans out money to other countries, yeah. I think is, is, is his explanation. Mm. I don't really think he wants to be president. And they say that... Um, so there's a, a traitor up on the space station who's a computer programmer who's mm. in, in, like put the virus in the system to make everything work. It's like, oh, you're going to kill everyone on the planet. Wipe out everything out. And it's like, yeah, but not the best bits. And there's just to say they're saving the really good bits. And you see then see a map of the world and uh, pretty much most of Australia isn't going to get hit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. right. Save the best bits. Save Australia. That's great. And then I think, yeah, I think Ed Harris's plan is he just wants to move to Australia. <laughs> he can't find a good excuse. He's like, the best reason that I can do to convince my wife to move to Australia is if I destroy the rest of the world. And then we can go settle on uh, up in sun, yeah, sunny se- Queensland seems somewhere. Like it. Yeah, that seems I think like that's his plan. secret plan. Yeah. Um, Nothing ever happens in Australia. That's the so problem. I kind of you know how in these these oh, disaster films where they yeah. occasionally input in a, a a shot for the country that it's in. Mm-hmm. So like if it's released in Australia, you see the crashed alien spaceship next to the Sydney Harbour Bridge, or if it's the Opera House. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. this uh, in uh, Paris, it'll be next to the Eiffel Tower or yep. wherever the other landmarks are. I really was expecting that from Geostorm. Yeah, there's a, a thing where like 16 nations combines to build this mm. network of uh, weather changing satellites, and you see in lots of shots they have those 16 flags. Mm. And I'm sort of like looking across, I'm like, Australia didn't join in. So, I mean, it'd be nice if the CG guys just like kind of maybe replaced the Swiss flag with the Australian flag for the Australian yeah. release or something yeah, like that. That would be nice. I well, mean, we flashed every other country in the exactly. world, but no, we don't get a... That's the only shot that's not in this film that you would expect from a disaster film. There's no gratuitous shot of Australia being destroyed. Yeah, I know. That's, and, that's and a shame. That is. That is I shame. mean, they spent so much money on special effects shots. Mm. We would have thought they could have done a special one for each country that got a release. I know. So, again, we were talking about the bit leading up to the rocket launcher. Mm. So, uh, yes. Abby Cornish is in a car and she's doing her handbrake turns and driving backwards and firing guns out windows as she's doing it and yeah. shooting people. And then um, Ed Harris has a tracker on the president and he's pulled his car to the side of the road. Mm. And it's just a standard government issue car. Yep. He comes out the back and he's like, we've got to kill the president. Pops open the boot <laughs> and in the boot is a rocket launcher and an assortment of weapons. Rifles and, like, and all sorts of stuff. For what purpose is this here? For, and, and the answer is, it is for the purpose of shooting the president. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, that... Um, Deus Ex Machina, uh, Deus Ex, uh, yeah, thing where it's just like we need these things to be here, so they just are. The yep. uh, the writers are just like we don't give a two two set two dams if it uh, if it does or does not make sense. We want a rocket launcher shot, yep. and therefore there's a rocket launcher in the yeah. But they escape because so the, the car is a self driving car, and they yeah. also have a beacon on Ed yeah. Harris. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this film here where initially I I kind of got caught up going well. The, the way that the weather satellites work is that it drops these bombs mm-hmm. in there. And I'm just like, that's resource inefficient. Like, mm. surely dropping a bomb and having every satellite uh, equipped with bombs and there's hundreds of thousands of satellites is so resource intensive. And they send Gerard Butler up into the, the spaceship and he's the only person in the shuttle and they use ever how many millions of dollars worth of fuel to send one guy up yep. into space. And then I'm like, oh, surely it'd be better if they had... Like, I mean, they're already toying with this near future technology just have Mm. a space elevator or they're saying they use uh water and heat to uh just like have like a pump that's pumping up water and use it with like microwaves and Mm. sound sort of stuff and then you realize that like if you start pulling apart the technology yeah that's not what the film is about it's almost like they've deliberately gone we don't care if it doesn't make sense this is the world we're living in and and these are the people who are going to save it and it makes no sense whatsoever so the 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 satellite system that they have up in there to actually let's discuss the science about this um to actually construct something like that in um geostationary orbit would take pretty much all the world's money combined twice over to build what they have up there. Yeah, I don't think you can do geostationary. You can only do above the equator. And the rest of it's geosynchronous. So the the satellites are going to be sort of like in this constant... Anyway, it's... It's it's impossible. But it's it's essentially like a mesh. But But like... More so than that, right? Like now now let's look at the personnel that they send up there, which just seems to be a hodgepodge of people. Oh, it it is your... It's the rainbow assortment of... We have a French, we have a Spanish, we have yeah. a Mexican, we have an African, we have a German, yeah. we have a English, we have a... Like, I mean, it's all the nations of the yeah. world. and they have to be ragtag. It has to... Oh, can't yeah. be, they can't be, you know, um, precise, clear-thinking astronauts like the ones we have on the real Earth. No, they've got to be a ragtag bunch of weirdos that all have their weird quirks and their weird personality traits that don't get along very well. 
for reasons that don't make any sense. <laughs> oh, no, right? they, do, they, they do go some way to explaining it. So, like, I turned to AJ in the cinema and went, so there's just gravity on the space station for... <laughs> and it's just like, I think it's just because I can't afford to have everyone on wires, like, the whole yeah. way through. But then, like, they kind of show that it's got that spinning um, uh, centripetal force yeah. uh, machine. And then at one stage, they're just like exiting gravity zone and then yeah. suddenly Jerome Butler just like starts <laughs> floating up, yeah. and you're like okay they've gone some way to explaining their te- technology the other thing that I couldn't quite fathom is why there were so many handguns on a spaceship there were at least two French security guy had a handgun yeah. and English uh, computer hacker had a yeah. uh, uh, like a Glock or something like that I'm like what are you doing you're in space uh, any small rip in the, the fabric here is going to cause catastrophic it's, disasters it's, <laughs> and you've got like everyone's just running around with a handgun guns on a space station i don't understand it this is it's one of those weird setups right where even though there's you know hundreds of people running around the space station it just feels like the whole operation is being run by like two or three people so there's 21 down on earth and he's got limited resources somehow then there's gerard butler up in space and and the german um chief scientist up there who's also the commander fassbinder fassbinder it's not fassbender it's It's fassbinder yeah um, who looks so familiar, and I have been through her IMDb page, and I cannot find out where I've seen her before. <laughs> but she's somewhat familiar. It's, a, it's actually German Michael son. Fassbender. Oh, he's like in, he's, oh, he's doing the role of a lifetime. He is just going from strength it's to strength. Unbelievable! I did not pick him as playing a German scientist lady in Geostorm. Called, called Fassbinder. <laughs> Fassbinder. It threw me off. Like, Because initially I'm like, did they say Fassbender? And like, oh no, no, there's an eye oh, in there. An and an so, oh, okay. So it's definitely not Michael Fassbender yeah. playing that role. But it's, yeah, anyway. The, the protocols on this on this whole operation make no sense whatsoever. The fact, this is meant to be a worldwide collaboration. Like the most top, top class technology you've ever seen. And yet somehow, yeah, there's handguns up there. Um, there's rogue astronauts up there. There's weird satellite system. Like, it makes no sense whatsoever that people can do what they yeah. can do. I, I, I applaud the makers of this film for not letting reality get in the way oh, of, of an action-packed roller coaster ride. And I really think that's the mentality that Movie Film Studios brings to all of our <laughs> own film productions. And that is the lesson that we, we learn from Geostorm. <laughs> I, I need to also mention as well the technology in the film. There's a it's a bizarre blend of current technology, so stuff like people working at like ordinary Dell monitors and a couple of basic keyboards and USB drives, and then also this crazy space age weird pockets of like amazing technology that you've never seen before. So everyone's all the important characters in this film are carrying what looks like a pen. And then folds out to be this sort of yeah, so, uh, so tiny screen. It's more like a scroll, right? Yeah. So, so you've got like the the two ends of the scroll, scroll which normally roll up, and yeah. as they unfurl it, yeah. it's a holographic screen which yeah. sits between these sort of two. Which and they can pull up any kind of information they want on it, and then later on in the film, twenty one transfers information via USB key. I'm like, what? yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they have they have sort of somewhat Minority Report style hollow screens. Yeah. But then everywhere else, you're right. It's just like the the uh, LED sort of like flat screens that we have now as well yeah. it's like oh, i mean who knows it's we- yeah um and it's meant to be what 2020 something 23 i from my count somewhere yeah, around those lines someone up in space is playing on a ps4 controller as yeah. well like yeah, as if it's i don't know it's the props department was just like uh we can't we've got a limited but resources we can do some stuff which is super sci-fi and other stuff which is modern and current who knows maybe in 2023 maybe uh like the, the playstation 4 is kind of like the super nintendo is now oh, yeah, okay, and people so are sort of retro, like yeah, yeah it's yeah. also retro and cool so okay yeah but it doesn't explain why there's so many handguns on the space station <laughs> Maybe look. Maybe they have blast like laser beam blaster technology, and the handguns are all retro. It's like, oh, look at these <laughs> antique weapons that we're carrying around, instead of the lightsabers that they have yeah. over. Uh, uh, all right. So I think, uh, look, I think we've unravelled this film as, as have, much yeah. and and gleaned as much from it as we uh, possibly mm. can. Now, uh, I, we we have a slight problem this week. So the problem this week is that Geostorm basically is a movie film studios film it is so warner brothers in their infinite wisdom have clearly stolen a script from us they've stolen the concept they've stolen the whole idea of blaming andy garcia president andy garcia we had that we We did did that i mean yeah we did that last week right so not only does this suggest that well first of all that movie film studios is coming up in the world of hollywood we're making an impact but it also means that 
we can't release something like Geostorm now because they got the drop on us. So I think there's only one solution here. What's that? We do Geostorm 2. <laughs> we, 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 we get the drop and we do the sequel to Geostorm. Because they can't blame us for taking an idea that no. was originally ours. Exactly. Just because they did the first one before our first one doesn't mm. mean we can't do the second one before... Yeah. 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 Okay. Now... Before we go anyway, with the title Geostorm 2, I don't want it to read Geostorm and then the number 2. I want the 2 to replace one of the letters in Geostorm, possibly the R of Storm. So it's G-O-S-T-O-2-M. Does a 2 look enough like an R? Or do maybe just lean into it and like replace a letter that looks nothing like a 2, like the M. Like I the think M. the M looks so like... So Geostorm 2. Yeah, it can't be on the end though, can it? So what if we make it get rid of the O of Geo? What about the two? Two O storm. <laughs> that doesn't work either. <laughs> or we could just <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll figure this out. But I yeah, I think we just need to be a bit more creative I, with it. I don't I want think, it to just be. I think Geo we actually have to release two. multiple letters. So the O in Geo with a two <laughs> and the T in Storm with a two and then also the R in Storm with a two. <laughs> so it's G two two or two mm. and that's uh yeah just just to just to like reinforce that it is definitely the second film in that uh in that film franchise and not the, the 222nd film in the no franchise? no okay people are like oh geostorm which one number two, number two yeah. i kind of forgot which one oh there is there's a second two there to remind me oh uh, was this the the first i can't remember what happened in the first one it's, mm. oh there it is there's another yeah. two yeah. definitely <clears throat> we're seeing the sequel to geostorm that's right now now, and you know what else we do as yep. well, sorry. Yep. We're going to actually have to jam a fourth two in there because it's going to be set in the year 2222. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it'll be great. So when the opening title comes up, right, it'll be that, the title. I'm not going to say it because I can't remember where all the twos go. But then all the letters just fade away and then you're just left with the numbers and that's yeah. how the film starts. So yeah. You know that we're in 2222. Now, do we bring? I think. Oh, see, this is the problem. Now, if we do set it at that at that time, I, I, I know your question and I yep. know the answer, <laughs> and it's cryogenics. Because <laughs> you're going to ask, yes. how do we get Gerard Butler yeah. and Twenty One and, and Abby Cornish? And I want the full cast and back. Andy Garcia. There's no none of the main co- and well, Ed Harris. I'm trying to think a now. Cybernetically enhanced Ed Harris. <laughs> They're all coming back because cryogenics exists. Because like, there's only from what I remember, only one. Sort of one of the main or you know side characters in the film actually dies, and it's the Hong Kong contact. Yeah, no one else dies. Oh, there's the British um, space hacker who gets sucked out. Like he's a bad guy who gets his comeuppance okay, so by getting sucked out. Two people die, but, but he's also frozen in space somewhere. Oh, he's really sort of like he's a cryogenics. Yes, yes. Uh, so yes, yeah, story-wise, we can bring back those characters. It feels a bit uh, aliens, right? Where Ripley's yeah, yeah. been in suspended animation for a long enough period of time that it's set even distant in the future. Yeah. Um, and the world's moved on. Mm. So I suppose the the biggest question here is, how has the world moved on? This is true. So what's and, the world look like in 2222? Let's think. I mean, the, the problem that was at the start of this film was that extreme weather events yeah. was causing havoc. Yep. How about like the opposite end? Where there's there's just no weather anymore. It's just really just bland. bland, and the world's just yeah. sort of like, let's go on holiday to. We can't go anywhere. The weather's yeah. no. It's, it's not nicer anywhere yeah. else. It's all exactly the same, mm. and it's caused like you know seasonal affective disorder. Sad. Yep. Yep. There's this global depression which mm. has gripped Earth yep. because there's no longer any weather. Because humans need that fluctuation. Because yep. how are you going to enjoy a sunny day if yep. you haven't had a rainy day? So we assume that the Dutch boy satellite, the thing that can, that makes and controls the weather, has been operating completely fine for centuries. Yeah. And then something happens and all the weather is just set to default. Yeah, it's just ubiquitous. The bland. entire plan- planet over is this ubiquitous kind of, it's kind of a nice day. Yeah. It's just, it's all right. It's you know, all right, yeah. That's kind of pleasant. There's a bit of sun, a bit of cloud, um, not really anything. Yeah, and I think because it's so ubiquitous, it, the the earth forms this sort of like um, stasis. Yep. And then they can turn off Dutch Boy. Mm. And because there's no breezy days, that's not causing hurricanes anywhere else. It's, mm. it's just like, it's just a nice day all, all year round. So they're going to turn off Dutch Boy? Yeah, because they realize they don't need it anymore. Oh, okay. Because like the earth has formed this sort of stasis. Yep. 
Um, they've con- they've you know they've settled everything down and it's just sort of sitting there. Mm. And suddenly this like worldwide depression sets in, and they're like, the only way that we can do this is if we get reanimate Gerard Butler yep. because he's the only one who knows how Dutch Boy can work. <laughs> we need to cybically uh, cybernetically engineer Ed Harris because he's the one who wanted this turbulent weather, yeah. like. He's the, he needs to be the architect yeah. of it. No Gerard, one, Gerard Butler knows how to build the system. He yeah. doesn't know how to make the weather catastrophic. They need a geostorm. They need this a geostorm. Like, this is like, in the, in the first one, it's like, we don't, we don't want a geostorm. Geostorm's going to kill us. Is, is this one old, is the yeah. only way to get the earth out of stasis yeah. is that chain reaction need, geostorm. It's like, yeah, the geostorm jump starts. It, yeah. it resets everything. On. So, so you, the whole plot of geostorm one was that they needed to reboot the satellite to get it to work again. Now we need to reboot earth. Yeah. How much higher can the stakes get exactly. than having to reboot Earth? And yeah, because no one knows how to turn Dutch Boy back on. No. Right? No one left manuals behind because, you know, protocols mean nothing on this um, in this uh, world. So no one left the instruction manuals. No one left anything. The only people that know are the people that were cryogenically frozen at the end of, of um, Geostorm 1. Yes. Okay, great. So, president of the, the current, the 2222nd or 22... Um, president of the US who is that it's a good question because it can't be we're going to get Andy Garcia but, so maybe something should happen to you that president you know what you know who it is who? it's Andy Garcia's clone <gasps> and then because obviously clones don't and twins don't have the same fingerprints yeah. so he doesn't have the same biometrics oh, to jumpstart yeah. the president and and obviously there's been a um, uh, almost 200 uh, years of uninterrupted Andy Garcia clones <laughs> as president. Yes. But they have to bring back the original because yeah. he's the only one with the correct biometrics. Right, and then you yeah. have this this dynamic between current clone Andy Garcia president yep. and unfrozen president. And mm-hmm. they are sort of like twins who share the same thoughts, but there's this like rivalry, like, are you going to supersede me? Yeah, How's yeah. that going to happen? Character interactions, yeah. relationships, so maybe, that's phenomenal. So maybe clone clone Andy Garcia maybe he's behind a big bigger plot as well maybe he doesn't want to jumpstart Earth again so maybe maybe he's like he knows he's a clone right yeah so I think at that point once he's become aware of it so none of the other clones have ever been aware of the fact that they are clones oh right yeah but he is the first President Andy Garcia who is suddenly aware of how of of, of himself he's aware that he's a clone and as a result a depression sets in a funk sets in so he internally is very depressed and then suddenly he sees the world in the exact same feeling, the exact same mood that he's in and he wants to keep it that way. He's like, no, this is this is my home. This is how it should be. What I feel inside is what I should see exactly. outside as yeah. well. So he doesn't want Geostorm to happen. No. So he is behind a plot to prevent original uh, Andy Garcia from jump-starting the satellite to get the yeah. storm going. So, but then who who is who is the, the impetus behind this um, unfreezing Jared Butler and cybernetically enhancing Ed Harris? And I don't know why Twenty One and uh, Abby Cornish are coming back. Uh, <laughs> well, because because I think that well, when President Andy Garcia, like original President Andy Garcia, was cryogenically frozen, he ordered his best Secret Service agent to be frozen along with him, and that is yeah, in, in that, that that classic sort of pharaoh uh, or Chinese emperor where yeah, yeah, yeah. where your your servants and your bodyguards yeah. are all buried with you to protect you in That's the right. cryogenically frozen afterlife. <laughs> That's right. Twenty one couldn't bear to be. Uh, you know, separated from from Abby Cornish, so he was yeah. like, "Yes." And, and like his role throughout the film is just sort of like, I ha- I have no reason for being here this time. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I've resolved my feelings for my my brother, uh, so we're we're getting along fine. Yep. Um, Abby Cornish is quite clearly here to protect original Garcia. Yep. Uh, and he's just kind of in the background, and he knows it too. Yeah, he knows. Does he it, knows. does he then turn? Does he go with clone? He's just like, there's no reason for yeah. me to be here. So he can play the Ed Harris character of the original in this one. He actually turns on every. Oh man, that's yes. good. That's so good. So hang on, we still need to answer the question of who reanimates. The... I mean, it's got to be a conglomerate of sixteen nations, right? And this oh, time, yeah, Australia yeah. is definitely one of the nations. <laughs> let's let's do it like it'd be like like Palau and Micronesia and oh, uh, yeah, the yeah, Seychelles, yeah. all these sort of like island holiday destinations as yeah. well. Going, people used to come here 
for holidays yeah. because they're you know the UK used to be like dreary and dreadful and they'd want to go to like Mallorca yeah. to to like on these holiday islands yeah. and now these holiday islands don't have any income because yeah. the world's like just oh, yeah. kind and of like all thing. right I mean and then the UK is moderately okay yeah. as well it's not raining and it's not sort of gloomy and overcast yeah. all the time so it's like so well, it's, why it's 16 would we nations of the Seychelles <laughs> and Micronesia <laughs> and, and Palau yeah. and Tonga and Fiji yeah. Um, and they're just sort of like, we yearn for a day where yes. we used to be paradise. So our prime minister uh, sets forth a motion to reanimate all the people that were frozen at the end of Geostorm. Yeah. One. So that's OG Garcia. Uh, that's Abby Cornish, Gerard Butler, 21 for some reason. Yeah. Ed Harris gets... No, no, Ed Harris was not frozen. He's just been cybernetically uh, enhanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they employ him as well. They formulate a plan to jumpstart Dutch Boy to create a to create a geostorm. In the background, machinations are happening. So we've got clone Andy Garcia who's like, no, I don't want this to happen. Twenty one jumps on board as well because he's got nothing. He's got nothing else to do. It's just like if we're gonna tell this story, I need to have a bigger role in this story. The only option is is being part of the antagonist team because it's just balance. He he I mean at his heart, you know that twenty one understand story structure yep <laughs> and and as a, as a person in that universe he's just like oh, this story doesn't make any sense unless yep. unless i'm over here yep um and so that's why he does it and that's that's very noble of him to balance out our story yep um obviously you know uh whatever his name is who i forget uh 21 we'll call him still uh <laughs> he's just like oh i have to make this sacrifice yes I have to, that's and that's his Bruce Willis moment at the end of armageddon indeed yeah. where he's just like i have to make this sacrifice for yep. the good of the film yes uh, but does he live at the end of it, though? Because, I mean, in Geostorm 1, Gerard Butler kind of makes that same thing. He does. Thing. He, he does he that survives. self-sacrifice. Like, I'm staying behind. I'm the only person who yeah. can cancel this Geostorm. Yeah. And and I'm going to die to save the world. And then they kind of just save him anyway. It's like, yeah. oh, I, I just get in a satellite and it's, someone will rescue me. Survived, so. yeah. Uh, okay. Same sort of thing. I think I think when, when Gerard Butler and cybernetic Ed Harris... Uh, save the world yeah. and 21's just like they just come back over it's just like oh thank god you saved the world guys mm. I, I mean I know for story structure and balance I had to be on the other side but you saved it now it's the end of the film and I think we can be friends again and they're all like thank you 21 for for balancing out our story <laughs> um, otherwise like there's just too many good characters and well, thanks I, for being a bad character I kind of want uh, not to go against what you've just said but I reckon let's have that scene play out right so this is the end of the film yeah that scene plays out and it seems like it's a happy ending. Or like, they can, so let's say uh, Cybernetic Ed Harris and Gerard Butler are on the satellite. They're coming back to Earth. Uh, 21 is communicating to them saying, uh, you know, thank you for this and that. Or they're, you know, telling him thank you for being the bad guy. We needed this in this film. And then there's a final plot twist where 21 opens up the trunk of his space car. Space car, yeah. Because uh, it is the future. It's I the mean, future, yeah. We're talking about the state of the world, but it is also still... Uh, twenty two, twenty two. Yeah, and and everything, everything's the same as it is now, except yeah. you just say the word space in front of it. Yeah. So he opens up the truck, the trunk of the his, trunk space of his space car. He pulls out a space Sp- rocket, a space launcher, rocket launcher, and he prepares to aim at the incoming satellite. So the satellite is sort of space, plummeting. Space satellite. Space. <laughs> the space satellite is plummeting to Earth, uh, with Ed, uh, cybernetic Ed Harris and Gerard Butler in it. They've done the deed. Geostorm is happening. There's a crazy amount of weather going around. Oh, I'm them not as even well. sure it's crazy. It's just kind of drizzling. And like, okay. kind of drizzling. Yeah. We haven't experienced this for 200 years. And everyone's just rejoicing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's so, how we get around the special effects budget. Because we, right. we don't actually need to put like the, the towers in Abu Dhabi being knocked over. It's <laughs> just like, like a gust of wind and some leaves <laughs> blow. And everyone's like, blowing wind. Where did this come from? Well, I think we need to, we need to spend the entire VFX budget on making the ordinary bland day weather uh, um, effects I mean because I mean everyone knows that there's like what 20 minutes of like the the miracle hour or whatever they call yeah. that in film where you've actually got good lighting yeah and because every day every scene we shoot has to be perfect weather yeah how do we do that are we green skin the whole thing Exa- I mean yeah exactly yeah. And, and that's just going to cost so much money so like much. everyone else can shoot on sets because it doesn't mm. matter if there's clouds in the sky it doesn't yeah. matter if there's a bit of wind or a bit of rain yep. it matters so much to our story yeah that the the that everything is perfect that we can yeah. only do it in green screen. So Geostorm blew its VFX budget on the last 20 25 minutes of the film. We're going to blow our VFX budget on the first 25 minutes of the film exactly. instead. Exactly. Cuz once they set up the chain reaction which can just be like it's just going to be regular weather. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So space satellite plummeting to earth. Uh 21 
back of his space car, pulls out his space rocket launcher, fires a rocket out of his space rocket launcher, and then who comes in to deflect that rocket but OG Garcia. He comes in, he throws himself in front of the rocket, and he explodes. Is he wearing an Iron Man suit, or how's he getting in front of the rocket? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he just is. I mean, how did, how did, how did Abby Cornish, you know, somehow drive, get the car to auto drive towards the other yeah. to, to Ed she Harris, just and then did. just sneak up on them exactly in a okay, completely that's deserted fine. road? I'm quite happy for he just did. He just did. to be a reason yeah, for for how it happened. Most of Geostorm is they just have this, or this just happens, or you know. Um, this thing was but just there. I've got, I've got a, an addition to your Andy Garcia throwing oh, yeah. him in front of the space rocket launcher. Because unbeknownst to uh, 21, mm. the space rocket launcher was equipped with uh, a time rocket. Oh. And, and in hitting Andy Garcia, yep. it explodes him, but it also explodes his DNA throughout time oh. and unravels the 200 years of Andy Garcia president Holy clones. Holy crap. Geostorm 3 or or 303 Storm 33 as it will be called so we we do a a trilogy where yeah. the 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 third part is set up in the final act of uh, of Geostorm oh my gosh do we do it now I, I don't think so. I think I, I think um, obviously we'll have to wait and see what the the critical rece- reception of yep. uh, G2 to or to um is two Oh yeah, they need to two in the end. They've only had three teams in there, um, and uh, and from there, I mean, there's there's been some some films uh, where quite clearly the second one has tanked mm. and the the franchise has gone off the rails. Yep. O- obviously, here at Movie Film Studios, we haven't experienced that yet, but we have no. to have contingencies in place. No. So uh, we ha- we have that cliffhanger yep. where suddenly, like the very last scene mm. in. Um, uh, Geostorm 2 is like unravels everything that has happened yeah. in Geostorm 1 and 2 yep. and you're sort of like what's going to happen for 3 yeah. what is going to oh I no think, I think we shoot 2 and 3 back to back and then with the third one we retcon stuff into Geostorm 1 so we pick up tiny little elements in Geostorm 1 that I people like just it. thought were just side whatever exactly. like nothing to pay attention to and we're like no that is there is so crucial. Actually, a character who shows up in like the last ten minutes yeah. of the first year's storm, who's like control NASA control center operator, yeah, who's like hasn't been in the film f- at all, yep. and suddenly he's picking up on di- distress signals that mm. J- Jorah Butler is like sending an SOS from the the satellite that he's locked himself in to save himself. Yeah, he's like, it's him, and he's like, oh, who are you? What are you? <laughs> and then and then like they have the big reunited moment where everyone's saved and the world saved, and yeah. he's just like there in the background, I'm like, what are you doing there? He's the guy. Oh in Geostorm yes. 3 yes. He, he plays the main character I think yes. we bring him back bring and him everyone's back, just like yeah. who was that guy oh it all makes sense That's it right, all yeah. links back you, on itself you go back and watch Geostorm 1 and suddenly all these things are sort of coming out at you and you're like oh my gosh they planned this from the start right they knew everything like we will be just unparalleled storytellers if we can pull this off and we will pull this. I off. mean, you, you use the word "if," and I, I, I don't know if G, uh, if Movie Film Studios is is one to use the word "if." It is definitely a when. Yep. We pull this off. Now, one thing before we head over and figure out if we're going to greenlight this or not, we need to cast ourselves in this. So last week we played um, millions of years old oil. Um, we did, yeah. So it does have to be our corpses. I reckon I've still got quite a lot of cryogenic freezing in this. Yep. I think we just have our skeletons as like mistakes made while trying to unfreeze people. <laughs> okay, yep. So there's like, oh, it's taken us years. Like we obviously perfected the freezing process. Yep. But the unfreezing process, we kind of haven't got okay, quite right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, they're like here's some people we tried to unfreeze and it went horribly wrong. <laughs> and they're our corpses. It's like, we think now we've perfected it, yep. but we've run out of people to test it on except for Gerard Butler. And you build up the suspense that way. It's like, if it goes horribly wrong mm. and they try and unfreeze Gerard Butler mm. and they ruin it, then the world is doomed to this malaise of just kind of, it's yeah, all right weather. So yeah, where they're like precursor to that we're kind of like the, the stakes yeah, yeah exactly we, okay. we by like i mean in every, every role that we're in mm. i really hope that we do lift the stakes of the film even yeah, yeah. even if it's just our you know corpses sitting in the background there's mm. there's some sort of sense of this this 
whole sequence or this whole film yeah. wouldn't have quite worked without these yeah. characters. And I think we've done that so far in in all the films we've appeared in. Absolutely. Um, most particular last week's as well. Yeah, um, I mean, again, I'm sure the way that uh, organic matter decomposes and forms into crude oil means that we were only a very small fraction of the carbon chains that built up that crude oil, but an integral fraction of crucial. carbon chains yes, that built... Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I think it's time to decide whether or not we green light not only Geostorm 2, but Geostorm 3. So you may have noticed, AJ, when we uh, we came into the boardroom to discuss yes. our ideas. It's looking a bit different. Isn't it? it is looking a bit different. I've replaced all the lights with green lights, <laughs> and I've rebranded the boardroom as the green room. Oh, nice. Because I feel as though here at Movie Film Studios, every idea is automatically greenlit. This is true. And what better room to sit in than yep. a room bathed in green light than, than we know as we're coming up with these beautiful ideas yep. that they will see the light of day because yep. everything birthed in this green room is this, automatically greenlit. It's such a positive mindset as well. Why do we need to go through the whole rimmerole of like, oh, don't know. Will we, can we get financing? Is it gonna, uh, is it gonna, you know, fall? Can we actually cast these characters? for our crack team of Ex- lawyers to take Exactly. Care of. Who needs to think about this sort of stuff? Mm. We should like movie making is a like everyone else makes it look like a difficult process. Like mm. there's so many hurdles you have to get over to get things to work. Yeah. Here at Movie Film Studios, we've removed the hurdles <laughs> uh, and it's just that hundred meter track yep. and we're sprinting headlong for the finish Straight line. Straight for it, head down, not even looking ahead, like barreling forward. Um yeah. Until we hit the line and the films are out and enjoyed by millions and millions of people worldwide. Now, I did bring up financing and we, we have talked in the past about how we get financing for our films. Mm-hmm. I don't think we did for KNIG, HDS, um, because, I mean, really, it's all about oil and oil just funds itself. Yep. Uh, how are we getting Geostorm 2 made? Can we somehow... So, you know how Al Gore has made An Inconvenient Truth and then the sequel as well? An incon- was it an inconvenient sequel? I think it was the inconvenient, inconvenient truth, uh, or <laughs> an even more inconvenient truth. I don't know what it was called. I think you're right about if, the sequel if thing. If we can convince him, if we let, let's do it, like we can do a quid pro quo with Al Gore, right? So we'll say to him, "Hey, come and finance Geostorm two and three with your is, millions and millions, millions of and millions vice president of, dollars." Yeah, yep, sure. Um, and once we make all our money from Geostorm 2 and 3, we will bankroll An Inconvenient Truth 3. A very truthful sequel? Yes. <laughs> I was just going off the very Brady sequel there, but uh, it's, a good, it's a good naming sequence. I like it. Yeah. I mean, uh, he'll be up for it. Geostorm 2 and... I mean, the Geostorm trilogy is environmental in nature. I'm sure he'll be totally across it. Um, and I think that, you know, he could... Potentially cameo. In, exactly, in I was about GSM to say two yeah. and three as well. Uh, I'm, I mean, he could possibly pay Vice President Al Gore to he could clone yeah. Andy Garcia. Clone Andy Garcia, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's got the whole glum thing going for him. Exactly. How glum is, he is there anyone more suited to just like it's a kind of a nice day? Yeah. It's not. It's it's not. He is. He is the nice day of people. He is absolutely. Like, I kind of yeah. He's all right. It's uh, he's nothing special. I don't get excited. It's not terrible. It's not phenomenal. He's somewhere. It's just kind of a nice day. I, I feel like he'd be a, a wonderful ambassador to the Geostorm franchise, and of course, we would reciprocate for his his equally. I mean, maybe not equally, but pretty good film series uh yeah i mean i think he does want to turn it into a, a trilogy and franchise it off yeah, so absolutely we'll, we'll yeah. help him complete that that third film yeah. in that trilogy quid pro quo because i think i think a, a, an inconvenient sequel ends on a cliffhanger right where yeah. al gore is frozen in carbonite and he has to get his friends together to, to go rescue him <laughs> yes. i didn't see it this is just what i hear so i was in the trailer yeah yeah that's fine yeah great all right we're in the green room we are i mean it's already <laughs> green, green lit. Lit. We, all right great we, Oh, well, I think... Uh, I think that's note. it for, for, again, I'm going to struggle to pronounce it, but uh, G2, <laughs> G2 S2, or 2, mm, two. two. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and obviously look out for that at the cinemas in the next Everywhere. couple of weeks. Cinemas, so it'll be... Worldwide release. Simulcast on TV as well. We're not giving... It, Netflix can go to hell. Um, but I think what will end up happening is we will fund a alternative to Netflix. We'll bankroll that. And so then, yeah, do we? Does Movie Film Studios have an internet distribution platform? Not yet. Not yet. So not we are yet. working on it. Is we are it, working on it. I mean, it was. I think it was in development at Movie Film Workshops. Yeah. Uh, and again, again, that's all. All of that stuff's on hiatus until we can work out those legal deals. The lawyers but, are working on it. 
I mean, they're, they're hard. I can see them from the window down there on the factory floor. They are, yes, it's a factory floor and they all sit at desks on the factory all right. floor. Um, all right, I can so see them working. Man, they're working hard. <laughs> so let's pass this downstream. I think we'll put put it through the writer's rooms. Yep. Uh, v King will have a crack at uh, uh, script draft and, yep. uh, and we'll see where it goes next week. Yep. Now, we have promised on previous episodes mm. that if anyone was to uh, review a film or leave a comment or anything like that, they would be uh, read out. Mm. And... We uh, have a comment. We have a comment. It, it was through our uh, YouTube platform. I'm yes. not sure if we've mentioned it in the past, but obviously yeah. all of our um, podcasts are up there on YouTube mm-hmm. to to listen to as well. Yes. What better way to listen to an audio podcast than on a video site? Um, but we had a comment on our Pirates of the Caribbean episode, episode three, uh, and it comes from <laughs> Talk13, and he or she simply says, oh... Terrific. Another lot of uneducated people calling Salazar a pirate. Rolls eyes. Thank you. Thank you for that review. Very, very kind review. So so Um, lovely. Yeah, they say don't feed the trolls. And so, Mm. uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's a troll. I, to be fair, when I read this, Mm. uh, and I do remember calling Salazar a pirate Mm. in our uh, our podcast, Mm -hmm. and it is a a fair distance into the podcast, so obviously they've listened to to quite a lot of it. Mm. Um, And I think then we do correct that he's actually a pirate hunter as well, so I'm not sure if they got that far to see that we did make a correction. No, I think they but, got so disgusted at our uneducatedness. See, the word uneducated there threw me because I thought, is Salazar, is this person based off an actual Spanish general mm. of the era who was a pirate hunter? Mm. And so I, I did some research. I'm like, oh, nice. I don't know, I, I should educate myself. This mm. is the point of comments. It's just mm. like they point out where your flaws are yep. and you go and try and fix them. Mm-hmm. No. no, like no, Salazar is just a fictional character. Okay. So in terms of education, the only education you can have on that character is watching the film. Yep. And we did watch the film. Mm-hmm. So I'm struggling to find out where we were educated, but I'm taking everything on board. And yeah. uh, I, I, through your comments, I seek self-improvement. And so if you would continue to do that for me, Please I do. very graciously yeah. take uh, everything on board. Yeah. So I really think one of the most, definitely one of the, glaring issues of that film is clearly the fact that Salazar's character is so vague. I mean, I mean okay. The rest of the film is perfect. And I don't want to argue, like, we made a mistake and we called him a pirate when he's a pirate hunter. This he does kill, like, a whole bunch of British military naval officers who are not pirates. So yes. technically, like, is that a war crime? Or if he's dead, is he no mm. longer a member of a nation? And yeah. so he's killing... Uh, does, British military pe- like that makes him he, a bit of a pirate. I he, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to argue our point, but does he what, pillage? He does. He does he like does. lots of raiding of sea ships that yeah. are not legally. He's, he's not legally. He's trying to find that. that MacGuff. I don't even remember what he's looking for, but he's the looking for something. To, I know. He, he, try, he, yeah. he's trying to kill Johnny Depp. Try We're not going to rehash the plot. Anyway. So, like, I mean, he he does things which I think, in a court of law, you may be able to technically cl- clarify as piracy. Um, I will admit our mistake there, but yeah. I would also argue that it was not a mistake. And movie film studios makes no mistakes. We never make mistakes. Never, never. Anyway. So where else on uh, social media can you find us, AJ, well, to leave reviews for fantastic films that we've, we've you, released? You, you special people, you, you can find us on Facebook. We are at Movie Film Studios on that, or we're just Movie Film Studios on that. You can find us on Twitter, which we are at Movie Film Studio. That's, I mean, that's probably a reflection of the fact that we have lost um, Movie Film Workshop, so we're now just down to a singular studio. So, Again, yeah. yeah. Twitter just doing its thing. Um, you can find us on iTunes. It would be great if you could subscribe or, or leave a review there and we're also on podbean uh and i think that's it we're yeah also- so obviously subscriptions reviews and word of mouth yeah. go a long way to, to getting our name Super out there so uh, if, if you, you can w- do that and again as as we promised if you leave a review yeah. we will read it out i we think will. currently on itunes there are not enough reviews yet to for us to actually no, be able to do that so um but yeah but that's anyway, all right that's fine well, I think it's a nice... I think that is a wrap, as I they say in the film industry, which Indeed. we are definitely a part of. So a part of. Uh, so you've been listening to Movie Film Studios. Uh, thank you for listening this week. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Watching.